Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here, back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. And we're going to have another amazing interview, this time with Todd Hopkins, who is the CEO of a company, and we're going to talk about culture, we're going to talk about commitment, we're going to talk about taking care of customers, but the first thing we're going to do is we're going to answer a question. We have this monologue that I do before every interview that basically answers the question of one of our listeners. If you want your question answered, just go to Twitter, ask the question, use my uh, my handle, which is at Hyken, H-Y-K-E-N, and make sure you use the hashtag ask. Shep. And so this question, I'm going to summarize it and make it simple, uh, but is basically about feedback. What should I do with feedback once I get it? And uh, just to let you know, there was a little bit more to the question than that. It had to do with about how everybody wants customer feedback and too many companies ask for feedback and then they don't do anything with it. And so, and then there was a sub follow-up question about employee feedback. Anyway, I look at it this way. All feedback is good feedback, both good and bad. And the idea is you must respond and act on all feedback, the good and the bad. And you say, well, why, what would you, if somebody gives you good feedback, what kind of response should you do? And I've, I've talked about this before, and it's real simple. You respond to everybody. If somebody on a social channel sends you a message and says they love what you do, you thank them. Now, you don't need to necessarily do it in the first five or ten minutes or even the first hour that you get the feedback but don't let it go for days and days either but if you get negative feedback well that's your opportunity to step up because everybody's watching about how you handle the negative feedback are you going to respond quickly are you going to take care of the customer's complaint what does that look like and by the way just to refresh your memory if you haven't listened to my shows before when you get negative feedback on a social channel where others can see you apologize, you acknowledge the problem, then you ask to go to a direct message mode of some sort so that you can deal with this, in a sense, offline or at least off in front of the public view. You might need to even go to the telephone. And when you're finished, you go back and you say, thank you for letting me take care of you. And this is the assumption that you resolve the issue. And I think it's real important that you do resolve the issue because in the perfect world, if you come back and say, thanks for letting me handle this, the rest of the world sees this, and if you're lucky, the customer will come back and say, I am so glad that I reached out to you with my issue um, and that you took care of it. And that's how it works. Now, let's talk about feedback, both good and bad. Most people view a complaint or a problem as an opportunity to hopefully act and maybe improve a process that might be recognized as something that's wrong. I wrote an article about this a while back where uh, one of the lines was, well, everybody always complains about that. Well, if they're always complaining about it, fix it so they stop complaining about it. Or at least fix it so it reduces the amount of complaints that you get about it. You may not be able to eliminate it altogether, but maybe you can put a better process in the place. If you get some type of a complaint letter that's sent to you about the way your company does business, or maybe it's even a specific employee, what do you do? You usually debrief with whoever's involved and figure what can we do, figure out what can we do to make this right? What can we do to make sure this doesn't happen again? And that's debriefing a complaint or debriefing negative feedback. But what companies miss 
so many times is this huge opportunity. When a customer gives you positive feedback, when they say something great about you, let's say they do it socially, you can thank them. But if they send you a letter, you have an opportunity to connect with them direct. Why not ask them? Thank you so much. And, you know, you said you were really happy. What specifically did we do to make you happy? Find that out. If they don't mention this specifically in their positive feedback to you, what did, you, did we do to make you feel this way? What do we do to earn this high score? Now, here's something else. If you're getting some type of an accolade letter, I want you to take a look at this, and I want you to consider debriefing all positive feedback and comments as well as all negative. At least look at them and think, have we ever addressed this before? Because I would like you to debrief the positive to the point where you say, what can I do to repeat this to continue to get these positive accolades from other customers? What can I put into the system that would cause other customers to feel the same way this person did? Maybe they'll even leave us positive feedback on one of the social channels. Make sense? So when you get feedback, embrace it, both positive and negative, and debrief both the positive and the negative. All right, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to my friend and client, Todd Hopkins, the founder and CEO of Office Pride. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you another amazing interview, and that's what's going to happen today with my friend and client now, Todd Hopkins. I'm actually excited to be a speaker at the upcoming meeting for Office Pride Commercial Cleaning Services. So Todd is the founder and CEO of this wonderful organization, and they are an award-winning janitorial franchising company and one of the most respected brands in the industry. I met Todd probably, Todd, what, 20 years ago maybe? I think so. Yeah, 20 years ago, we, we're both from an organization called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, and we met at an event that was in Indianapolis, I believe. And after that, uh, don't know where he was for the next 15, 18 years, but then ran into <laughs> him again um, when I was asked to speak at an industry event, and he saw me speak at uh, to a bunch of people who do exactly what he does, owns companies that uh, provides commercial cleaning services. And we started talking, and we ran each, into each other a few other times at other events, and we just started talking and said, hey, let's, let's do this. So I am honored to be the speaker, but more than that, I'm honored to have you on the, the show today. Uh, I know you've written a number of books, but you sent me, or maybe you just gave it to me the last time we were together, but I was excited. It's a simple little book. It's called Office Pride Commercial Cleaning Services Culture Book. And I want to talk a little bit about a culture book, but I think that's one of the things that's most important to you. As I've gotten to know you, you're very, um, you're very religious. Uh, you have great core beliefs, and and uh, we we go through. As a matter of fact, of the eight uh, core beliefs and values that you have, honor God is right at the top. 
And yep. second is always do what is right, which I think belongs right there. I think that does honor uh, the big guy. Increase brand value, demonstrate honesty, integrity, and a hard work ethic. Total customer satisfaction. I love that one. Go the extra mile. Another one that I love. Roger Stallback said there's no traffic jam on the extra mile. Uh, pers- wow. Persevere with a servant's attitude. Another great one. And then accountability to commitments, which, by the way, we're going to talk about commitments too. But first, I want to talk about this culture book because you were inspired, I believe, by Zappos. Is that right? I was. I picked up a copy of Tony Shea's Delivering Happiness book at an airport in Las Vegas, and I read it on the way home and, you know, determined that was something that we needed to do was create a culture book. Yep, and you did. So this culture book, very simple book, uh, and and let's see if I look, it's, it's less than 100 pages. It's got a few pictures of some of your team members in there, some of your franchisees. You've got a nice picture of you in there. Um, but here's what I love. On page five, I underlined this because this is my favorite part of the book. Um, I think it just sums it all up. We call our core values decision filters. You call them decision mm-hmm. filters. Our core, our core values filter the outcome of what we either impulsively or mindfully decide to do. And I, I love that because what you're saying is that you want to live these core values and uh, again, these core values, some of them have to do with customer service, but I think at the end of the day, it is all about always doing what's right for your customers and your employees. And that brings value to everybody around you. And if you learn these core values and you had a contest for people to memorize these eight core values, and I love that too. Uh, and if you live these, that becomes your decision filter. It's, it's a, is, this, is this in alignment with what I believe and what I do and what I know is right? And yeah, you, absolutely. And and the nice thing about it is every time and as alignment occurs throughout the organization, not just with the franchisees, but their employees, when when they're out there in the field and they're faced with an issue and, and they're trying to make the right decision, if they if they kind of already know the core values, uh, they can filter the decision through there. Well, is this going to honor God? Uh, is this the right thing to do? Is it going to increase brand value? So they just put themselves through a little quiz, and if the answer is yes, uh, then that's something they should be able to move forward on. If if it violates one of the core values, then the answer should be no. Yeah, and it's important. You said if it violates one of the core values, and Tony Shea talks about his 10 core values, and he says he hires somebody that looks like they have all 10, or actually not he, but the company does, and they will yeah. fire if they miss one of them. Right. I mean, uh, if, if one of these uh, core values is violated, then it's it's a decision that we shouldn't move, uh, you know, continue to move forward on. Yeah. So, uh, so in the book, Delivering Happiness, Tony Shea talks about another book that they write every single year, which is the Zappos Culture Book. And you have a copy of that, Yes. I've never seen that culture book, You've but, never but seen he just—I des- haven't. He described that in delivering happiness, right? And so uh, I decided then that we needed to write a culture book. And then actually, several years passed. It was on my to-do list, and what I ended up doing, Shep, is I hired a, a couple of writers to to write it for me. So they they called and interviewed franchisees and asked questions and had everybody sign the forms they needed to sign and, and all that. And so pretty much 85 to 90% of it was written by 
couple of guys we hired and then all we had to do was was kind of put the finishing touches on it so it would look like a a book that someone would want to read right by the way on the cover of the book or i don't believe anywhere it says written by you todd but obviously this is what your company's about you came up with these core values and you had somebody do a nice job of, of taking basically a chapter to each of the core values and this is something that any company can do and uh, by the way can you buy this book anywhere uh, well, you can't buy it. But of course, we would send it to anyone for free, but you can download it on our website on the uh, office officepridefranchise.com website. You can go there and download a copy of the culture book. If somebody's doing that and they're not interested in a franchise, they could make a note. I don't know if it allows you to do that or not, but there is a way you can download the culture book, and but somebody might reach out to you to see if you're interested in a franchise. But and just say, please, uh, anyone yeah. who's listening, feel free to, to do that. Just say, no, Todd told me I could download the book, and they'll know. Okay, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> That's so, right. That's right. That's all you got to do, and uh, we're, we're happy to share. So here's a big question. Um, Let's talk about culture, because culture means you're going to permeate the company with some ideas, and these ideas are your core values. These are what you want your franchisees to believe in, and also the franchisees' employees must buy into this as well. Now, we're talking about uh, people that basically they clean, and by the way, they've got a very important job, so I don't want to diminish the importance, because if, and, and when I was working in your industry meeting, um, which was up in Chicago. It was actually right in the middle of the World Series when the Cubs won. Just want to throw You're that right. in there for the Cubs fans. That was a fun weekend to be there. Um, one of the things that I was told is there's a lot of dignity and, and you know office pride. There's a lot of dignity and pride that a lot of people have if they understand their role and the important position they play, that when people come in the next morning, their work environment's clean, it feels good. I mean – they are responsible for that. If that does, I mean, I could tell you. I know when somebody. I know when there's a substitute in our building. I know some. And I, I could definitely tell when they missed that night. You know, uh, so yeah. Uh, I recognize the role that these people play in creating a better space for all the people that work here at our company. Well, for a lot of reasons, Chef. It, it's uh, you know we provide clean work environment, so there's some morale boost when your office is clean, and but also for health. So you've got the health, that the cleaner the building, the healthier your workplace is likely to be. Um, the morale is good. Everything just kind of feels good, smells good. But the interesting thing about it is a lot of, a lot of businesses, a large part of their budget is dedicated to cleaning and janitorial. It's, it's something that has to happen. And so, uh, you know, we, we believe in what we do, and especially some of these facilities like the medical and the health care and the cleaning is a very critical part of the uh, overall success that doctors and healthcare places have with their patients. So, how do you motivate uh, the employees to want to get out there and really work hard? Well, that's that's interesting. You know, I've kind of got a new rule in my own life: is I don't hire anybody that's not already motivated person. I mean, I you know I, I look for people that already that come to us with batteries included. And all we got to do is teach them how to do the job that we've hired them to do. So I like to see people that already have passion for something. I mean, even if it's collecting baseball cards, you know, they're passionate about something. Mm -hmm. And then we can share with them what we do and, 
and and how to do it and and we feel like some of that passion will translate over but the number one way uh, is really to ask them why they want a part-time cleaning job and and they'll tell us that well I'm trying to put a kid through college or I'm saving up to buy my first house and so the way they're motivated is when we go out and our supervisor or managers go out and check on them we never ask them how's the job we always ask them how's your daughter in college uh, have you bought that house yet? And and we help connect the dots between their dream that they're trying to accomplish and and the job that they have with us, and and that that contributes to their motivation, no doubt. All right, Matt, the, you've just dropped two huge ones on us, and I want to make sure our listeners hear crystal clear what you said. Number one, one of the things you do when you hire, you look for somebody that's already that's already fired up a little bit, that batteries are already included, or however you said, that's a, I, yeah. I go back and listen to this, because that's a tweetable moment there. <laughs> it, <laughs> yep. it's, a, it's a good line. And the other piece of it is, you don't say, hey, how are things going here? You you connect, and you know what? Some people, it's intuitive that they would do that because they're more social than others. But I think that what you're just, what you've just shared is, regardless of your communication style and your willingness to engage with your employees at you know at a total professional level it is okay to find out what's motivating them and tie what motivates them into what you do so you know hey you know you're working hard here how by the way uh, how is it you know i know you're saving up for a house how's that going and it's absolutely like, yeah and you remind them why they're there it's got to make them feel good it makes them feel good. Uh, it makes them feel good about working. It also sh- shows them that you care and you listen and, and, you know, what they're trying to accomplish is important to you. And I had a guy one time, Shep, that interviewed for a job. He'd been working at a factory for 35 years. And, and I said, why? His name was Albert. I said, why are you looking for a part-time cleaning job? And he said, well, my daughter is, uh, uh, going to college, and she's the first person in our family to ever go to college. And whatever I make on this cleaning job, I'm going to send to her. And that's going to be my contribution to her college. And I hired him, and he cleaned a bank for us five nights a week. And it only took him an uh, 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 hour and a half each night. But uh, I, every time I talked to Albert, I'd always say, hey, how's your daughter doing? You know, Shep, he worked for us for 14 years. So she ended up going to medical school. She oh, stayed, and she was very successful. But even after all that, he kept the job. He ended up building a relationship with the president of the bank, you know, and they had gone to high school together. And uh, so he well, he uh, he stayed there for many years after that. So um, I think it's important to know why they want to work for you and then don't let them forget because that is their motivation. They bring that to the table. Powerful, powerful. All right, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will finish this part of the conversation, but I want to talk to you about, uh, you emailed me a topic idea about creating upfront agreements with new customers and uh, a little bit about future communication. And I think and if, as before I even ask you a question, and I haven't asked you anything about this, in my mind I'm thinking we're creating an expectation, it's upfront, we know what we'd expect from each other, and how do we communicate with that customer uh, in the, into the future to make sure that we're delivering on that and that they're happy? And I could be totally off base with that one, but that's what came to mind when I read this from you. (laughs) So whether it is or it isn't, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. So don't go away. We're talking to Todd Hopkins, the CEO of Office Pride. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Amazing Business Radio, and we will be right back. 
Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, talking with Todd Hopkins. Todd, we've talked about culture, and I'd, I'd like to talk about this concept of creating upfront agreements and future communication. I don't know if I'm on target with what I said, but would love to hear your take on that because I was intrigued when you said, let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I tell you, before we run out of time, Shep, I've I just and can I come back to that as yeah. far as the upfront agreement? Sure. I wanted to uh, just make a comment to you. I I've been reading your book, Amaze Every Customer Every Time, and and this whole concept of amazing. We've and and you mentioned at the beginning of the show that we've hired you to speak at our upcoming franchise retreat, and uh, so we've now we've created a theme on that retreat uh, to reaching amazing heights. And everything we're doing at this retreat is about a reaching amazement, not just satisfaction. Yeah, and I love the that. Interesting thing about that is everybody's rallying behind it. It's like we we haven't run across anybody that's not given us buy-in. They they love the idea, uh, so we're excited to to um, to hear you speak. But also we're, you know, other speakers that we have on different topics. We're going to go for amazing in all those areas. So I just want to give you a little plug well, there. Thank you. We're, we're thank you. super excited, man, to, to have you in our, uh, at our retreat. And I'm excited for our franchisees to, to hear what you, well, you I'm honored say. and flattered that we, we made this happen. And I really appreciate you for having me. The, uh, and, you know, my whole concept of amazement is it's within the grasp of everyone. And it's simply, you know, you said it, no more satisfied customers on a scale of one to five. If one is poor and five is excellent, where is satisfactory? It's in the middle. Yeah, it's a three. Three. Yeah. So we got to be better than that. If you want to be amazing, just be better than satisfactory, even just a little bit better all of the time, consistently. And that consistency is what makes it amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're super excited, and, and uh, we're, we're just – there's a lot of things kind of springing off of that concept. So I thought I'd share that with you because all this has happened since the last time you and I oh, even I, talked. Yeah. Well, now i got to live up uh, to the hype. I'm yeah, make that's it right. That's right. I've so, got to be uh, amazing or go home. That, yeah, and I'm <laughs> sure you will be. Hey, um, on that upfront agreement. So the way that works for us, and and we're we're in service, you know, customer service. So we we have customers out there. We're cleaning their buildings. There's so many things that happen every night when we go into a building, vacuuming the carpet and cleaning all the restrooms and filling the towel dispensers and. You can just imagine all the different variables. Uh, thousands of things happen if you think about all the things that you dust and you mm-hmm. clean in any any one night. And so, and customers have different levels of expectations. And if and if I could use the word picky, you know, some are pickier than others or have higher standards than others. And so, when sometimes when they're not happy, uh, I mean, it's possible that 
And it's possible that maybe we failed to do something. Something slipped through the cracks. And what I've learned over the years is that if a customer isn't happy, we want them to let us know. Mm -hmm. Because if they let us know, then we can fix it. And so we would call that, maybe we call that a complaint. They call and they complain about something, and then we can fix it. And if we do a good job of correcting it then or you know, taking care of it the next night, they're happy. And actually, it grows the relationship. But oftentimes, what I saw is that people wouldn't call to complain. They would kind of let things fester a little bit. And the next thing you know, they're, uh, they're just unhappy. And, and we don't want that. So what I, what I have learned in the sales process, when, when a customer awards us a job, and then usually we'll have a meeting where we'll go through a few more details and they'll give us keys and all those sorts of things. I've learned at that meeting to create an upfront agreement with the customer. And basically, and I, I usually almost, I teach a word for word with our franchisees, but I'll say, you know, just tell the customer, obviously both of us are wanting to have a good long-term relationship and we want, and we want to make sure your building always looks great. So, would it be okay if we just establish an upfront agreement right now that if there's ever a time when you're not happy with us, or if you have a complaint about any of our work, that you'll simply give me a call and communicate that to me, and I will agree right now that I will simply take care of it. I won't get defensive. I'll just take care of it. And I have found that that establishing that upfront agreement on how you'll communicate with each other, if the customer's not happy, that has saved us um, so much uh, heartburn because now the because some customers now some customers don't mind complaining about something, but there are a lot of customers that really they don't feel good to call and complain. They 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 don't. They they don't want to risk a confrontation. Maybe they had a, a service before that was defensive, and you know it was just not a good experience. So there are some that would rather not complain, but send you a cancellation letter three months down the road. And so I found that upfront agreement it takes the pressure off, and then the customer knows. You know what? I, Todd told me that if I had a complaint, he'd just take care of it, no questions asked, and that has helped us so much. And the customers are so thankful. And so when it comes to uh, customer service, I just believe establishing that upfront agreement on how you're going to communicate and especially giving them permission to call you if they have a complaint and then making them a promise you'll take care of it without getting offensive, that sets you up for a beautiful relationship for years to come. And, and that is solid gold. So in that book, Amaze Every Customer Every Time, I believe it's the epilogue uh, I don't know if I don't have the book right in front of me. Do you, by chance? I do have it. Oh, you in front do. Of me. Look at the very end of the book in the epilogue, and I believe it is create a demanding customer. Is that? Am I right? Create a demanding customer. Yeah. The, oh, good. I that's, haven't got that far. Well, that's in the book a, yet. that's all right. Let me tell you what a demanding customer is. Exactly what you just described. We want people to tell us when we have an opportunity to help them. And the only way we do that is to create a demanding customer. So when people know that it's okay to call you and say, hey, this isn't right, don't. it's not a complaining customer. We want to get so good 
that that customer knows that they can call on us. And what will happen is when they decide, eh, maybe let's go check somebody else out and uh, just to see what else is out there. If they were to describe the level of service that you give them, that other that other company, that competitor would say, that sounds awful demanding. <laughs> <laughs> that's how good you want to be. And I kind of feel that's what you're doing. You're saying to the customer, please don't hold back. We need to know. There's also, I mean, you call it the upfront agreement. I believe that if the customer lets it fester and then calls you and lets it go, you can call them out. And you need to do it in a, an appropriate and polite way. Say, but we had an upfront agreement. What was that? That you were going to tell me the moment you were unhappy. This has been going on now for a while. And you haven't let me know. You got to give me a chance to make this right. And I want you to know, I was dead serious about you letting me know. So here's the thing. Tonight, this is going to happen. Tomorrow morning when you walk in, you're going to be happy. And when the customer learns that this is what you want, you're educating the customer on how to engage with you at the level of service that they want. And I just love this concept. I don't know if I said it any better in my whole life than what I just said now. You're, you're getting them to engage with you on a level of service that they expect. And I just think that's wonderful. So you've got, you're on to something here. Yeah, yeah. I just believe in those upfront agreements. And, Chip, you know, you talk about if we really want to take good care of our customers, we have to take good care of our employees. And I, I do the same thing with employees or and what we teach our franchisees now they're they're the ones with the employees but to have an upfront agreement with them that if uh hey if the customer's ever unhappy with the, the quality of your work would you want me to let you know and they always say yes yep you know cuz you just hired them and they always say yes and so i I'd, I'd say well can we just uh create an agreement right now that if if there's ever a time when the customer's not happy I'll agree to let you know if you agree just to take care of it and not get defensive. And they say, oh, absolutely. And it sets us up so that, that let's say the customer does call and say, well, the, the restroom floor didn't get mopped good last night. I can call that employee without worrying about the employee getting upset and say, remember when we had that agreement when the, on your first day that if a customer ever called and said they weren't happy, and before I'm even done, the employees interrupt me saying, what happened? What, what, oh, and then I tell them and they take care of it. So it, it in and of itself is kind of a culture. Yep. A, and, a and culture you can do of upfront th- agreements and good communication. Right. And you can do the same thing with your employees. Hey, if you're ever not happy with your job for whatever reason, something's wrong, you know, I'm here for you to talk about it. You know, it's Absolutely. the same thing. So. Awesome, awesome concept. All right, we are just about out of time, and this is where I do the one thing question. Can you give us one little nugget, one extra nugget, or do you want to emphasize something that you've already talked about? We call it the one thing, and that's how we close out the show. What is that one thing? Well, I would probably I would probably go back to your analogy of the numbers, one through five, and, and how five is amazing and three is satisfactory. Because for years and years, we've talked about customer satisfaction. And I've been sharing that little graph with the, the people on our team and say, you know, satisfaction, that's just in the middle. Every survey you ever take, satisfaction's in the middle. And we don't want to be average. That's not who we are. That's not the office pride way. We're going to go for amazing. And, and I, I don't think I've seen them get as excited about something is they are the idea and concept of being amazing. So I would I would just say to the listeners, give that a try. 
people don't want to be average. They really want to be amazing and and uh, we're excited to achieve that this year. Well, that's that, that's beautiful and just I want to emphasize cuz when they hear people hear that word amazing, it takes me several times of saying this before they get it. Amazing doesn't mean you're over the top. Amazing means you're better than satisfactory all of the time. And if you want to get, if, if you, you know, if you call one is poor and five is amazing or excellent, you want to know how you get a five? Never be a three. Never be a three. <laughs> and that means you could be a 3.4 all of the time. If you're a 3.4 all of the time, they're probably going to say they're amazing because they're always friendly. They always call me back quickly. They always do this. They always do that. And it's always positive. By the way, you can still get on any isolated incident. They can give you a one or a two, and you can still be amazing because when they give you that one or a two and and they honor that upfront agreement, they're going to say, hey, last night on a scale of one to five, it was a one, and you're going to fix it and turn it around and make it right. Uh, that, that gives you the opportunity for them to then say, and when there's a problem, I can call them and always count on them to take care of it. There's that word always again, followed by something positive. So, yep. Todd, you're spot on. And, and thank you so much for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. We have heard today from a guy that's doing it in real life. He's living it. He's the founder of a company, the CEO of a company nationwide. He's got 130 franchisees in 24 states, and he's growing, and he's doing it by having the right culture, by having the right attitude, the set of values, and these commitments that he's making to his customers. Todd, thanks for being on Amazing Business Radio. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, that's it. Another episode. We'll be back next week with another interview. So until then, Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>